Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you joined me this week. My guest today is a true rising star in the pro wrestling game. She's currently one half of the NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions M95, along with Miss Kate. It's the main character, Miss Reality, Maddie Rankowski. First noticed Maddie when she was wrestling on AEW Dark. She wrestles a lot of other places and is currently featured on uh, NWA. Keep an eye on her. I took notice of her social media presence, specifically the side character spotlight. And with work in the ring, uh, she's a good athlete. And her personality, I think she's a no-brainer to be a huge star sooner rather than later for whomever puts her in that position. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I really don't think I am. So honestly, kudos to the NWA for putting her in this spot. So here we go with my interview with Maddie Rankowski. Literally so happy to be joined today by someone I feel is a rising star in pro wrestling. She is one half of the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions. It's the main character. It's Miss Reality, Maddie Rankowski. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry again uh, about my voice. Uh, when you work as hard as me, sometimes your voice just can't keep up. I think we'll get through it. Um, so let's start with what you've got coming up first with uh, the NWA. They have the HP Cares for Cooper Saturday benefit show for a victim of last year's uh, shooting in Highland Park in Illinois, as well as a couple of sessions of TV tapings the next day. What's it like to be part of events like that? But also just what, what's your time like? What's your time been like, excuse me, in the NWA to this point? And how's the team uh, with, uh, with Mr. Kate going? Yeah, um, so I feel incredibly lucky to be able to be a part of an event um, such as this one we're putting on for Cooper and his family um, to give back to a community um, that really kind of brought us in the last time we were there. And for such a great cause, um, what happened was a tragedy and no child should have to go through that. No family should have to go through that. So to be able to do what I love to do, to wrestle, um, to raise money, to help them out. So we can kind of relieve some stress off of their lives. It's incredible uh, what Billy Corgan is doing for his community is incredible. Um, as far as the NWA, that's been kind of a whirlwind. I feel like when you go through things like this and you get opportunities like this, um, it honestly doesn't like hit you right away. It's kind of like in the weird moments that it hits you. Uh, literally Saturday, so just the other day, I was at the Riverwalk and we went to Hard Rock Cafe and we were sitting at the bar and um, I looked on the television screen and I was like, why does this man that has hair look familiar? And then it registered to me. I was like, oh my God, that is my boss. That is Billy Corgan with hair. I was <laughs> like, okay, um, he's a rock star. And it kind of like hits you that your boss is a rock star when you're eating in the middle of a restaurant. So it's kind of a whirlwind. I think that's slowly starting to hit me. Um, every time we get to do these uh, podcasts and people are like, oh, what's it like being one half the NWA Women's Champion? It kind of like takes me back every time. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's me. <laughs> so it's, it's all very surreal, I guess is what it's sounding like I'm saying. Yeah. I, the first time I interviewed Billy Corgan, I'm thinking the whole time that like, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but like when I used to like play street hockey, when I was in high school, we used to play smashing pumpkins on like the boom box that we'd bring with us. To, <laughs> we were playing and I'm like, Oh, here I am interviewing the guy that was like literally playing while I'm like blocking shots. But uh, the team with Miss Kate too. How's that? Uh, how's that uh, tag team been for you? Yeah, it's fun. Um, M95. 
we, I think, kind of bring a different feel. A lot of the girls at NWA or a lot of ones that we're seeing, like the Pretty Empowered, they're very young, uh, very dumb. Uh, so I think Miss Kate and I kind of bring more of a um, a real, genuine woman in today's society vibe to it. Um, so it's incredible getting to know her because the first time I met her was actually at the first NWA like taping that I ever went to, um, hers as well. And so to meet someone who's so blunt like myself, uh, it was it's very strange. Uh, and then we got paired together. Um, so to be on this journey, we're kind of like teaching each other. Um, she's teaching me to speak up a little bit more. Uh, I'm trying to rough out her edges. So we're kind of yin and yanging each other. <laughs> And you're in more than one tag team. I believe you're also in one with Rache Chanel, the the uh, Bougie Reality. Is that the name? Correct. Of it? Yes. What, uh, yeah, Bougie Reality. Um, what's and kind of similar, different about those two? About um, so I would say the difference is Rache. Um, she definitely is more on the fashionable, uh, girly, like, I'm going to mess you up, but I'm also going to look really pretty doing it. Missa Kate, on the other hand, uh, she's just ready to get down and dirty at any time in like a split second. But Rache's going to make sure her hair is done first. <laughs> Very nice. I'll tell you, the first couple of times I saw you wrestling uh, was on Dark and on the AEW, and your wrestling impressed me right away. You know, you can move, you have a good look. And then once I saw your presence on social media, I said, okay, this person is going to be a big star when somebody locks her up with a contract. So did you expect what you were doing with the side character spotlight to be as popular and as fun as it is? Um, honestly, I wasn't. Um, I don't remember. I was listening to some t uh, podcast. I can't remember who it was, uh, but they were saying, like, do something like that you enjoy doing. And if people watch it, they watch. It. And if they like it, they like it. But as long as you're enjoying doing it, like that's all that matters. And I love making fun of people. That's just like my thing or catching people um, up, basically. So um, I was not anticipating uh, people to enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, but it's always really fun to do. So I'm glad uh, the reception is good. Um, and I like to point out people's flaws and then be able to be like, girl, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I'm not. It's, it's, it's fun too, because it just, it's, you're able to show your personality in it. It's, exactly. it's, it's totally placing you in some odd kind of scenarios with some unique characters. But, uh, the one with the dog was still, was, was still my favorite to this point where yeah, the, you the dog turns around and that. you turn around too. <laughs> Oh, well, I, if there was a murderer coming in, I had to look. I didn't know what she was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had people volunteering to be on the side character spotlight yet? Yeah, um, more often than not, uh, I have a lot of people like at shows come up to me and um, they'll be like, oh, I want to do a side character. And I'm like, I, I don't know who you are, so I don't even know. I'm scared. <laughs> But I have had people uh, come up to me about it, and it's uh, it's pretty cool that people want to get roasted by me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, more often than not, I tell them no at the moment because, like, this isn't for you. This is for me, and maybe we'll come back around to it. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to strategize it a little bit. You gotta, exactly. You got you got to be comfortable with what, what what you're putting out there. So, but it's good that the it, it's getting a buzz. Is, is there any creative process for this? Speaking of like strategizing for it, is it just kind of improv in the moment when you're doing it? 
Um, as far as the side characters? Yeah. Um, so I guess the creative process is just me looking at the cards, um, seeing who's going to be there that night. Um, most often than not though, uh, most of what I say is off the top of my head. Like I'll have like a vague idea of like, uh, if I know who they are, like I, I also really like enjoy watching people's like social media presence, what they say, the catchphrases they do, uh, their monikers. I thoroughly enjoy characters um, in wrestling. And so I pay attention to that heavily, just kind of like Kylan. Um, and so most of what I say is already what's on my mind or what I thought or some little smidgen of detail that I'm like, wait a second. And then I just bring them on and I kind of ad lib it. Um, every side character is only ever uh, one take. We don't like reshoot. We don't practice. It's literally like a candid camera. <laughs> That's great. Well, congratulations on all of that. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it every time it comes out. So, um, I will say that. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey into pro wrestling and how you decided to pursue it? Yeah. Um, so I used to watch wrestling when I was growing up with my brother. Um, I like to say that I was my brother's brother because um, he was in a household full of sisters. Um, and being the youngest, I kind of, I guess, just became that uh, were very similar. And so I started watching it with him. Um, and then as I got older, I kind of got into that. Oh, I'm too cool for this. Um, and was just focusing on my own sports. Um, and then when I was in college, uh, my brother took me to my, my first live show. Um, cause when we were growing up, there was four, like, there's four of us. You couldn't afford tickets for that. Right. Um, for siblings, not just four people in our house. Mm -hmm. uh, but so he took me to my first live show and it was actually NXT's first time coming to Texas. Um, and when I was there, I hadn't been watching it or anything. I was just tagging along in Austin and uh, Enzo and big cast came out and the way that they controlled and commanded the crowd um, off the bat, like the whole crowd was out there saying, my name is Enzo Amore. And I was like, Ooh, what is this power? I need that. Um, and so ever since then, uh, it was just an ongoing joke as I was going through college. Um, every time like finals came around, I'll say, yo, this is too hard. I'm just going to quit. and be a wrestler. Um, and every time my mom was like, no, you're not like get your degree first before you ruin your life. And so that's exactly what I did. Uh, I graduated <laughs> and I was actually going to go work at, uh, national park um and then there was a natural disaster that occurred there long story short and so i took that as fate and i decided to find a wrestling school um went to booker t he has a fantasy camp uh so i went to get like a taste of what it was um and then ended up meeting gino medina uh, he trains there and is one of the trainers and he actually introduced me to chris marvel at hybrid school of wrestling uh, which is where I actually began training in San Antonio, uh, just because San Antonio, Houston, you know. And it's interesting, too, because I'm trying to put those pieces together. I was like, you know, I think she's been on reality wrestling shows, and I, I, I knew the hybrid school wrestling thing when I looked it up. And also, uh, Jazz, you mentioned, had kind of a hand uh, in training you, too. What was, the, what was the connection there? Yeah, so hybrid is a really great facility, the, uh, Coach Marvel. He constantly is trying to do things, seminars uh, for the betterment of his students. And kind of early, very early into my career, 
Um, they held like a two-day seminar. It was Jazz, Rodney Mack, and Funaki. And um, that's how I initially met them. And then from that seminar, um, I guess they enjoyed being around the students um, and they came to some type of agreement. And Jazz, Rodney, and Funaki became trainers at Hybrid School of Wrestling. Um, and so Jazz was almost like, I was just like a hunk of clay. Cause I think I had just started like in the ring um, and I knew like some of the basic roles and whatnot, but she really is like who I attribute most of my aggressive, um, I guess, style of wrestling uh, to her. And I think that's noticeable in your style too. Um, just, you know, with your, with your length, you know, you've got, <laughs> but you're, you're tall and you know, it's all limbs all over the place when you're getting hit or when you're hitting somebody. So it's like anybody in the arena can see what's happening just based <laughs> on your physical motions of it. I don't know if you've seen it that way or if anybody's evaluated that that way for you, but that's just what, you know, what comes to mind when I watch you. Um, you mentioned a sports background. What was, uh, what was the sports background before wrestling? Yeah. So um, aside from like being a kid and playing like every sport, um, the kind of one that went out through, uh, I guess my older childhood uh, was just running. Uh, cross country and track, unfortunately. <laughs> but that probably, you know, helps you stamina wise, I would think in the ring too, to, to at least have that kind of a, you know, kind of a gas tank. Yeah, I would like to think so. Um, I also think that mentally just doing sports like that, uh, doing sports at a really high competitive level um, <laughs> will definitely help mentally in wrestling because wrestling, professional wrestling is a huge mental game. <laughs> So, so what what did you most like about it once you actually got yourself involved? It's interesting that NXT was kind of the entry back in because that was a that was probably a good thing for somebody to see at that point because that was such a hot kind of product. But once you actually got into the training and 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 really getting started, what what did you like the most about uh, getting involved in pro wrestling? Yeah, um since I I guess actually been experiencing pro wrestling, um my favorite thing about it is just getting to get my aggression out on um, my opponent. Um, I thoroughly enjoy I feel like everyone's always like, I like to win. I'm going to win this match. And like, yeah, I do want to win. But my first and foremost goal is usually to like embarrass my opponent. Um, it feels really good to be able to do that in a safe space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and and then you know you're going to be memorable too. That's the thing too. It's like whether you're winning or losing, you know they're they're going to remember you at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Like that's fine. She got the win, but I embarrassed her at the end of the day. So she's going to live with that guilt and trauma for the rest of her life. <laughs> and and it seems like with your development too. What what year was that that you started uh, training? Um, I think 18? training either 2018 or 19. Um, in my old age, all my years are kind of blurring together. COVID kind of threw all sense of time out of the window. <laughs> that, that kind of blows me away too, because that would have mean that would have meant like you know the first time I'm seeing you on like dark. That's only like that's very early. In your yeah, career. yeah. Um, I believe my first match on the Independence was October 2019. Wow. Um, and then the pandemic hit right in March and cut out a huge chunk of my rookie year. Um, and then dark, I believe was right at the end of 2020. So December, uh, but it was a good thing and a bad thing. It was a good thing because dark was again, very, very early on. Um, if you cut out all of COVID, it was within a couple months of me starting. Yeah. Um, 
And it was good because I barely knew how to work in front of a crowd. So the fact that there was no crowd, I was like, piece of cake. And then it was bad because then obviously things started opening up and I was like, oh shoot, there's, there's a crowd. <laughs> yeah. What, how did that uh, opportunity come about for you and, and how did, how did it help in your development? Yeah. So, um, I, again, was had a heavy hand, Jazz had a heavy hand in my training, um, and she and Thunder Rosa uh, kind of came together, and they were training and helping train people and mentor people, um, so that's kind of when I, I initially obviously met Thunder, not obvious, but I met Thunder, um, my first match ever, I worked for Mission Pro Wrestling, which is still around today as an all-women's promotion here in San Antonio, uh, but I worked my first match there, so that's my first initially met Thunder had that first uh, student versus teacher match where jazz kicked me um, and took me to school, you know, (laughs) but so meeting thunder there and then kind of growing my relationship with her over that time. um, She was actually the one who kind of helped me. um, And I like to call us the Texas trio uh, myself, Bert Vixen and Jasmine Allure. She kind of helped us get our foot in the door and was like, Hey, I think you could do well at this, contact this person. Um, And that's what we did. They invited us out. So I always like to say Thunder knocked on the door, but us three, we kicked it down and they kept bringing us back. Yeah, and and that's got to be good in that era too when there were so few shows going on just to be able to get in the ring and get some reps and and not, you know, like you said, it was without a crowd and that was weird for pretty much everybody. But, you know, just to be able to stay active during that time, which was such a – bizarre time you know in in wrestling to be starting out i can't yeah. even imagine that um i think i saw you worked a little bit with natty and uh, tj wilson too training uh, yeah, so yeah it seems like you, you're all about opportunities for yourself to kind of get better you know tell me about that situation a little bit and also just kind of what you're looking to improve when you're going all these different uh places Yeah, um, I was very, very fortunate to get the opportunity to be invited to the school um, to do some work. Um, And honestly, like (laughs) the days leading up to it, uh, when I was in contact with them to even just like go and have one training with them, because they're all the way in Florida and I'm in Texas. um, And so it's not always a thing that's easily and readily available. So I knew I had to like make time to go out there Um, and just like setting that up was a surreal moment to be messaging daddy natalia like what who am i like it was it it blows my mind because like i was just like sitting there like drafting this email like thank you so much and like everything just i didn't it's like this is a superstar this woman I've watched on my television and now I'm sending her an email. Like I know her. Um, it was very surreal. But uh, once I got to the school after almost like having like 30 heart attacks, cause I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> she was like the nicest person I've ever met. Um, their school is incredible. Uh, everyone there, the environment is so supportive. Um, a lot of the stuff that they work on is, um, kind of to help you out in the ring. It's not necessarily spot-based. It's more like, uh, I guess, it's more like to 
kind of what it feels like to be in an actual match, like when you're going and you're going and you can't stop. Um, needless to say that uh, Florida humidity um, is not quite at the Texas heat level, but it also felt like I was suffocating. Uh, so she definitely pushed me to my limits. Um, I definitely got some good feedback from them. And so um, it was very, I was very fortunate. And hopefully at some point I can make it back there to go again. Um, hopefully not embarrass myself any more than I have, you know. <laughs> kind of like tying it all together, you know, when you're, when you're Yeah, training. yeah. And it's crazy because... I don't know. You see a lot of people like on the independence and they're just doing moves and moves and moves. Right. And so to see these people at this top level, like just working on basics and we were doing pin drills and we were doing like spots and leapfrogs and things like that, like literally basics. And that's kind of what it all dwindles down to. If you have someone and you want to be good and you want to excel, you have to know how to do those kinds of things. You have to know how to be a wrestler. It's not all about the Canadian destroyers and um, all of that. So it was kind of cool to kind of have something that jazz always preaches to us kind of solidified, like, okay, the people who are at the top, this is how they think. They're not looking for me to hit five Canadian destroyers and then German someone for them to kick out at one. I'm always, I appreciate all the different experiences you've had. Cause I, I love asking people about kind of like their training and how they sort of, cause the thing with wrestling is what I've learned over the time of like watching it and, and covering it to an extent too, is that like, you're not, you never stop learning, even if you're like 10 years in. So no matter what, where you are at, there's always something new to pick up or something new to learn from somebody different. You know, you just got to be careful about who you're listening to. I think it's probably the most important part. Like yeah. you, you kind of have, is that kind of consistent with what your journey has been so far? Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, anyone is willing to tell you anything as long as you listen, but you got to make sure you filter out who um, I guess is more, whose like opinion can hold a little bit more weight. <laughs> who are some of those people that you look up to in wrestling and also who are some of your favorite people to watch? Yeah. Um, so I thoroughly admire um, Rhea Ripley, I think the uh, kind of the journey that she's been on uh, from seeing her in the May Young Classic to who she is now, it's incredible to see that kind of character development and to kind of really see her coming to her own. Um, that's almost something that like, I feel like any wrestler should aspire to do. She really seems incredibly and 100% comfortable in her skin. Uh, she is a powerhouse. I think she kind of sets that tone for women. Like uh, it's not all about being pretty Barbie doll. Like you can look great and have a completely opposite look. You can wrestle as well as the guys, um, things like that. As far as like uh, who I look up to and I guess who I watch, um, it's definitely her. Uh, <clears throat> another uh, woman that I recently actually got to wrestle is Delilah Doom. Um, I she kind of left Texas before I kind of started coming into it um, and getting to just learn from her a little bit. Uh, the small time I had with her, it was incredible. Um, we kind of balanced each other out. Obviously, you have like uh, Jazz, uh, Medusa. They're definitely always at NWA and always willing to lend an ear. Um, as far as women go. Um, as far as like other people that I've kind of reached out to and have given me great advice, um, as always, Jerry Lynn, 
nicest man you'll ever meet. Um, he definitely is willing to help you out and do anything he can to help you, uh, as well as Eddie Kingston. I think those are uh, a couple good ones that I've kind of bounced off of. <laughs> Very interesting. As, as you move your way, not only through the NWA, but also through the independent scene, what kind of things are you looking to accomplish uh, in the near term and what, what kind of things are you uh, working towards? Um, yeah, I think my goal moving forward is just to continue um, doing what I'm doing. Wrestling is all about timing. Um, I'm just going to continue doing me, getting better, uh, continue embarrassing women across the hopefully United States and maybe the globe. Seems like some people are going over to Japan a lot as of late. Maybe I need to make my way over there. Would love to go to like Australia. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That would be exciting to see you mixing it up with some of the, the Japanese women's wrestlers, too. I mean, that's. Uh, that's yeah, I think I might finally meet my equal as far as like striking. <laughs> that would be fun. So we're going to move on to something now we call the three count. It's going to be three quick questions and uh, your answers. So first question, do you have a dream guest for the side character spotlight? Ooh, as of right now, the one that's tingling in my head is Rodney Mack. Um, hmm. Yeah. Why, why Rodney? I can't tell you then I'll ruin my side character. That's a good point. Well, can you tell me why the little microphone? Because it's cute. Okay. Oh, is that supposed to be rapid answer too? No, that was just something I threw in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the second question, if you had to show someone three matches that were the best of Maddie, what would you show them? Um, I would show them the match that I just had with Delilah Doom. Um, I would show them... Uh, the match that I beat Leva against because I think that one's just fun and I won. Um, <laughs> and then probably my match at NWA with uh, Kylie Ray. Um, I I like it. It has a special place in my heart. I feel like that's when I first started getting really comfortable at NWA. Nice. And then uh, last question, you get to trade personas with any wrestler for a day. Who would it be and why? Uh... Uh, the boogeyman. Um, because I think it'd be really fun to just scare people and throw worms at people. And then the boogeyman would then get to be doing, you know, that's cute. You could do the side character spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a good combination. So no further questions, uh, Maddie. Uh, thank, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. If my mic fades out. Um, and under the ring pro wrestling conversations, really enjoying everything you're doing and uh, all the best to you moving forward. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Maddie Renkowski for joining me this week. I'd also like to thank Mark Kruskal from the NWA for helping me set this up. Follow me on Twitter at Under the Ring for the latest guest announcements and have a great week, everyone. Mm-hmm.